You will remember that this morning I shared with you that uh, there were 10 very simple and yet profound commandments given by God. They were given amid the flames and the smoke and the thundering of Mount Sinai. Say the Ten Commandments. Still set in stone. The Ten Commandments that were set in stone given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Now, you will remember, we're going to go to Romans 10 here in a minute. You will remember that Sinai was the mountain that God commanded the people through Moses that they should not even as much as touch that mountain. Uh, There were some pretty serious consequences that came along with disobedience to that command. In fact, your Bible said, if a man would even touch that mountain, he was to be thrust through with a dart. He was to be killed. Say killed. That means to cease to live. That means his life was over. Should he disobey the command of God? So we understand that the commandments of God are number one, not flexible. Right? The commandments when they're talked about today are talked about this way. Thou shalt not kill ordinarily. Thou shalt not steal ordinarily. Thou shalt not commit adultery ordinarily. That's what we call values clarification or situational ethics. It means your ethics or your morals are determined by your situation or your circumstance. In other words, if the baby in your belly was conceived out of wedlock and is an inconvenience to you, then you may kill it. If you think the government takes too much of your money anyway, and you can figure out a way to tell, quote, a little white lie on your tax return, then just go ahead and do that, and God's okay with that, you see. You're not listening to me. Say the commandments of God, say it, are not flexible. They are not optional. You cannot take them or leave them. And so God gave those commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai. There was a reason that God Almighty wanted to separate the people from the commandments being given to Moses on Sinai. The reason is a little problem called sin. Now don't look at me so cross-eyed because every one of you have some. Sin is the one thing we all have in common nobody wants to talk about. If you are not a sinner, you don't need to save you. I can't help you. So say the commandments are not optional. The commandments are not flexible. So God came along and he said where there was a problem with the first covenant, because you see God had to institute the killing of turtle doves and the spilling of their blood, the killing of bullocks and the shedding of their blood, Uh, the killing of oxen and the shedding of their blood. All along the way, rites and rituals of religion. Because when God gave them the commandment, 
He knew in themselves they could not keep them. Do you understand that? God is the ultimate intelligence. He was well aware that sin had entered into the hearts of men. Men's hearts were darkened by reason of the weakness of their flesh. In the garden, say in the garden, man had made a choice. Here's what's wrong in the world. Man made the wrong choice. Look at your neighbor and say, man made the wrong choice. It's just that simple. So the next time some smart aleck sitting across from you eating their peanut butter and jelly sandwich at work and want to say, well, I don't understand how God could allow all of this suffering. I don't allow, understand if there's a good God, how he could allow all these bad things. Just say now, just put, say, put your peanut butter and jelly sandwich in your mouth because you don't know what you're talking about. The fact of the matter is God created man, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, in his image. Imagio Dei, a perfect reflection of himself. God formed man of the dust of the ground, did he not? And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, did he not? Job said, there is a breath in man. It is the spirit of Almighty that gives him understanding. Then God made man, and man became a living what? A what? A living what? What is a soul? A mind, a will, and emotions. In his created state, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God made man in his image and gave that man dominion in all the earth. Operating from spiritual headquarters. Spiritual headquarters, say it. Some of you wouldn't say anything if Jesus stood right in front of you and said to. Say spiritual headquarters. God set up a base of operation. I'm not leaving you all out, am I? I said God set up a spiritual base of operations. It was a garden. The garden was planted by God eastward in Eden. And in that garden, and from that garden, God gave your pristine parents, Adam and Eve, absolute, complete dominion and authority. Oh, it's so easy for you to believe that. Oh, yeah. I need, come on. I need you not to mentally assent to what I'm saying. I need your spirit to grow hands and arms and do its best in its weak and emaciated condition to get your spiritual arms around what I'm saying. 
God gave Adam and Eve absolute dominion and authority in the earth operating from the spiritual headquarters base of operations planted eastward in the garden of Eden. Do you believe that? Because we don't believe that, we can't go any further. Number one, you cannot get past the fourth word of your Bible without faith. God gave man not only dominion, but gave him authority. Authority. What, dear Watson, is the root word of authority? Author. What does an author deal in the merchandise of? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it 10 times till you start to get what I'm talking about. Words, 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 words. Did, did God stand on nothing and wave a wand and hocus pocus with his fingers and the world came into being? How did God get the world into existence how did he do it he spoke it what did he use to speak it he used words then he made you in his image and isn't it interesting that he gave you a mouth. A what? You know, that thing you complained with all afternoon. A what? That thing you grumbled with all afternoon. What? A mouth. A mouth. We are the generation of them that seek thy face. Thou hast said unto me, seek my face. And I have responded, O God, thy face will I seek. What do you get when you seek a face? Number one, you get his mouth. You get his words. Am I boring you? Say words. So God gave Adam and Eve authority operating from a spiritual base of operation eastward in Eden and said to Adam and Eve, you shall have dominion and authority in all the earth. How? With their words. Can, can you walk with me a minute? I don't know. Because you you looking like, you know, you're not even sure you can get your hands around God created the heaven and the earth. God created the heaven and the earth. How did he do it? 
How did he do it? Keep your finger or put your ribbon in Romans 10. Turn to Hebrews 1. Turn to Hebrews 1. And when you get it, somebody give it to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I understand Sunday night you want me to lay hands on everybody and shout and dance. and I understand that. And I had to be away from you the last two weeks. The two weeks before that, I think I laid hands on everything in the building three times. And the gifts of God were flowing in a mighty way. But that's not my assignment tonight. That's not my assignment tonight. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to crack it open for you. And, uh, and, and then somebody else can take the thing and close it out if they want to. Hebrews chapter 11. Do you have it? Shout the first word. Shout the first word. What does it mean? At this time, in this moment, at this season, henceforth, and hereafter. In other words, there is a moment in time where if your spirit gets its arms around a revelation knowledge, that moment will change everything. Because you don't need anything changed. Right? Anybody that needs something changed, just have the energy to wave your hand around a little bit. There are two realms of the prophetic. Number one, there is that realm that calleth those things that be not as though they are. Number two, there is that realm that speaks not to create but to reveal what is already there. I'm not going to go any deeper into that because you can't handle it right now. So leave me, leave me here in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and let me remind you that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is that right? Oh, seven. What is the number seven? The number seven is an ending number, a consummation number. It is over. It is finished. Seven is where your giants come to die. Seven was the valley. Don't be looking up here like you had a great oh seven because you did it. You fought more devils than you ever fought in your life in 2007. You had fusses in your family. You had problems in your finances you got hooked up with the wrong people you had problems at work you had to fight devils in your body you had to fight devils in every area of your life darkness invaded the light you didn't understand it you ran around wringing your hands saying what's happening here and what you didn't understand is God had invited not only you but everything that had tormented your life up to that point he had invited you all to a killing but I must remind you, it was not you that came into the valley of Elah to die. You were the child of eight. So if seven is a consummation, what is eight? An initiation. A what? What does initiation mean? A begin. If seven 
is a consummation and ending. And eight is an initiation, a beginning. Mm -hmm. Then wouldn't it stand to reason that somewhere in eight, God is going to get us back to the future. Do you want to get back to the beginning? Well, what is the beginning? The beginning is Genesis 1, 26 and 27, where God had planted a garden eastward in Eden. He had created man in his image. He had given man dominion and authority operating from the base of operations of spiritual authority in the entire earth. Nothing was outside of his dominion. Nothing was outside of his domain. Nothing was outside of his creation capability he had been created in the image of God I don't like that Galatians 3.13 dear Watson he hath redeemed us you don't look redeemed you don't. You don't look redeemed. From the curse of the law, for it is written, Cursed is anyone that hangeth upon a tree. Watch this now that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. You're not ready for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There is a transition. There is a reformation. There is a renaissance where we reach back to the tried and tested principles that have dethroned principalities and powers in the past. I just got to tell you, if God ever defeated the devil in the earth, he will defeat the devil in the earth now. If he ever healed anybody, he'll heal you tonight. If he ever delivered anybody, he will deliver you tonight. If there was ever a time when human persons had dominion and authority in the earth, they have it tonight. Sit there and look at me like alfalfa with your hair sticking up and your black horn rim glasses and your little short pants. Dominion. Authority. I meant what I said this morning. It must be a staggering thing to God to watch you totally freak out at the slightest presentation of adversarial forces arrayed against you. Don't you think that God remembers what his son said in Mark 11, 22 to 24? Have faith in God. 
for whosoever shall I just never saw a bunch just say, whosoever shall Ceiling tiles won't fall on your head in here if you talk. Whosoever shall say. Well, yeah, but Pastor Rod, I mean, I understand how that would work for you and how that would work for some preachers, but you don't know me and my little, my little tiny life and my little existence, and I'm just a housewife, and I just sit at home, and I do my business, and I'm trying to stay saved, but I don't know. The devil beats me up, but I don't know. I'm trying to make it, but I, sometimes I give God some money, and sometimes I pray and stuff, and, and Pastor Rod, it's just, it's just, you know, I'm just not powerful like you, and I'm just not strong like you, and I'm just not. This has nothing to do with you. We've gotten this thing so messed up. We've made it all about works. You say, oh, it's not about works with me. I'm not going, oh yeah, it is. Because the very minute I start talking to you about why don't you stand face to face, toe to toe, nose to nose with everything that has come into your life to defeat you and tell it to get the hallelujah out of your life. And the first thing that comes in your mind is all the stuff you did wrong. Well, I'm going to fix you. Grace, grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Oh, God, I feel like running. Greater than your sin and your sin and your sin and your sin and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours and mine too. Grace is greater. Say, I'm standing in grace. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Let me tell you what it has to do with. It has to do with God set his watch. And he said, when the big hand and the little hand and the second hand get right here, I'm about to do a new thing. I can't get no help right up here in my own church. A new shot, a new thing. Isaiah 43, 19. How's it start? Behold, I will do a new thing. If God's going to do a new thing, he's not about ready to use the old you. (laughs) Touch your neighbor and say, there are about to be some changes at my house, in my bedroom. In my bank account, there about to be some changes in the car I'm driving and what I'm brushing my teeth with. There's about. I dare you to shout, I'm going back to my future. Because in the future, God is going to make an Eden at your address that's about to become spiritual where there's plenty to eat and all your needs are supplied 
about that. I just wanted to go to church and get saved and go to heaven. There's a weeding out. God told Gideon, your church is too big. Make my house a garden of Eden. I live at 4112 Spruce Street. All my needs he ain't supplying. Why are you laughing? I'm describing you. Huh? He hath redeemed us. Redeemed. Write it down in your Bible. And if you got one too holy, put it in a case somewhere in your house. Put a pretty little light on it and get you one you can write in redeemed to return to the original state i'm gonna find somebody in the earth that believes this i'm gonna keep preaching it till i find somebody in the earth that believes this i'm gonna shout it till i find somebody in the earth that believes this we are being returned Not, not, not about you, because God will have a day. God will have a moment. God will have an hour. God will have a season. God will have a time. God will have a people when his, a time when his people full of his authority will walk in the earth in a power that supersedes everything else that has ever existed on this planet. Might as well be you. Might as well be here. Might as well be now. Say, I have dominion. I'm just going to parenthetically insert this. Quit asking God to do everything. And God said, oh, what, oh, what, oh, what? How long? Here's what he said. How long shall I suffer your doubt and unbelief? I told you to go to the other side. What hindered you? I told you to take dominion in your home. I'm in Hebrews 11. Shout the first word. Now, when? When? So in other words, there's something about faith that changes things henceforth and hereafter so they're never the same again. You remember when Jesus walked by a fig tree? Those of you that read your Bible, remember when Jesus walked by a fig tree and he cursed the fig tree and they went on down into the city and they came back. And when they came back, the disciples said, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest. They were men of such great and deep revelation. The fig tree which thou cursest is withered. And Jesus said, you got that right. 
I cursed the dumb thing. I said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter, hereafter, forever. There are giants in your life that are supposed to die and never get up again. Why do you keep fighting them? God just told me to tell you to stop using your faith against the same devil over and over and over and over. Shout die. Die, you devil, die. I said die, you devil, die. Die doubt. Die unbelief. Die fornication. Die, you lying spirit. Die, you spirit of discouragement. Die, you wavering spirit. Die, you double-minded spirit. Die, die, die. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope, favorable, confident, expectation, having to do with future and unseen, happy anticipation of good. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Circle the word seen. Circle the word seen. Put out beside it sensory mechanisms. Things not perceived by your senses. Faith is the substance of things you cannot perceive with your senses. What are your senses? Sight, hearing, smell, taste, touch. Was that all five? I think. If we left one out. Sorry. Now watch this. Of things not perceived with your senses. Now there are two realms of the prophetic. Now watch this. Watch this. For by it we understand that the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Say, I'm about to change my world. Say, I'm about to change my world. Quit worrying about his world. Stop worrying about her world. We got to change your world. Now, the biggest problem in this regard is that many of you have fallen into complacency where you have accepted living in your world. It's just okay. It's like, okay, I'm going to live in my world. And like if anything really, 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 really bad happens, then I'll cry, oh God, oh God, oh God. And maybe God will help me. See, people don't like preaching like this. And I'll tell you why. Because they have too much Oprah mentality. What is Oprah mentality? You want to always blame somebody else and take no responsibility for anything yourself. 
See, because what I'm telling you is I'm taking away from you the excuse, well, God just did this, and you know you can't really tell what God's going to do. Have thine own way, Lord. Well, that's not the way God set this thing up. Do you understand? That's not the way God set this up. When you go to Afghanistan, you don't believe that lie that says, well, if there's a bullet with your name on it, you're going to catch it, so there ain't no reason to be afraid. Just walk on out there. You get up in the morning and say, if there is a bullet with my name on it, I erase my name from said bullet right now. I'm a child of God, an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He gives his angels charge round about me. There are angels in front of me, angels behind me, angels beneath me. And anybody, you ought to tell all those men in your battalion with you, hey, if you ride in anybody's Humvee, better jump in mine, baby, because God has his hand on this thing. The other night we were in that airplane. I, I, had, I called right before I left. I just, I just felt a personal Lord. I said, call my little prayer warrior over there with that little, little, little Jewish cap on her head. Call and tell her I'm getting ready to get in the airplane. It was a beautiful Sunday day. I said, call and tell her I'm getting ready to get in the airplane. Tell her to be interceding for me tonight. That was the night there were tornadoes everywhere. We are coming in landing. And they can see a tornado out the window of the airplane. And the airplane's going. That's what they told me. I don't know. I'm laying there asleep. And they looking at each other saying, let's pray. No, really, seriously. Let's pray, right? I'm asleep. Because when I walk on the thing, I put my hands on the door. Thank you, Jesus. The holy angels of God hold this thing up. Sit it down at its appointed destination, free from every accident, every incident. Every person on this aircraft is blessed. The angels of God bear it upon their wings right now. I thank you, almighty God, every piece of electrical and mechanical equipment on this aircraft function normally and properly. I thank you that the pilot, the co-pilot, are anointed of the Holy Ghost right now to fly. This. Then I go back here in the back, go to sleep. When are you going to start walking into hotel rooms and before you ever step your foot over the threshold, inform that thing of what's about to happen. Tell it, a child of the Most High God purchased with the precious blood of Christ is about to walk up in here. I don't think we ought to. I can't get in there. I can't get in. Now, by it we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, are you in Romans 10? 
Now you remember Sinai, right? Sinai, the law of God given. Men couldn't live it, so God had to give them sacrifices, turtle doves and so on and so forth. Now look what the book of Romans says about this. Say, take us back. Take us back, dear Lord, to the place where you first created us. Look at this now. Let's, let's start in chapter 9. Do you mind? Let's start in chapter 9. Look at Romans chapter 9 and verse 1. Then verily the first covenant. Now he's talking about Sinai, you see. He's talking about the law given. Now you remember, look up here at me, in the book of Genesis, God created man in his image, placed him in the garden eastward in Eden, gave him authority and dominion over all the earth from spiritual headquarters there. Is that right? Then by Genesis 3, the serpent, more subtle than any beast of the field, came and beguiled Eve. Here's, listen. Listen where she tempted him. Are you ready? Hath God said of every tree of the garden thou shalt eat, except of the tree in the midst of the garden, for in the hour that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die? Hath God said, where did he attack Adam, our pristine father? He attacked him by getting him to question what God said. Well, do you think he's changed his tactics? That dog hadn't changed the deal in 6,000 years. He's still asking you the same question every day. Hath God said? Well, God meant that above and not beneath thing for somebody besides you. God meant that heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, running over stuff. Now, God don't mean that for everybody, Pastor. Really? And you found that where? You found that by your experience. If you are going to live in this kingdom, you can never determine your theology by your experience. You didn't hear me. You can't determine what God said by your experience. You deter. They asked Smith Wigglesworth, how do you feel, Brother Wigglesworth? He said, I have no idea. They said, what do you mean? He said, Smith Wigglesworth never asked Smith Wigglesworth how Smith Wigglesworth feels. They said, well, how do you know how he feels? He said, I go to the Bible. And in the Bible, I found out I'm strong and I am not weak. In the Bible, I found out I'm the head and not the tail. In the Bible, I found out I'm the first and not the last. In the Bible, I said, I found out that I was blessed coming in and blessed going out and blessed in the basket and blessed in the field and blessed in the store. And the fruit of my womb is blessed. And everything that I set my hand to is blessed. In the Bible, I found out that I am blessed because I walk not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sit in the seat of the scornful, nor stand in the way of sinners. 
I know how I am because I delight myself in the law of the Lord and in that law I meditate day and night and that's why I know how I feel today. I feel like a tree planted by the rivers of water that in my season, in my season, in 2008, in my now season for a new thing, I bring forth my fruit and my leave does not wither. If gas is $4 a gallon or 40, my leave does not wither. And whatever I put my hand to prospers. That's what I know. I know that I must be strong because I have the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm trying to tell you how to talk in the morning before you turn on ABC Good Morning America and let them tell you how you feel. Oh! The natural man your Bible said, is unstable. The double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Are you listening to me? Unstable. That's the reason Bible says God deliver us from evil and unruly men. Evil men, everybody understands, being delivered from evil men. Well, what's that unruly men? That's people who are incapable of sustaining a harmonious relationship. Why? Oh, they're just, God's the greatest thing that ever happened in the earth on Monday. And Tuesday, they're just mad at the world. Telling you how God can't. Everything that's wrong. Am I getting through to anybody? Am I getting through to anybody? Your Bible says the power of death and life are under the authority of your tongue. Now, we either believe that or we don't. It's just that we either believe that or we don't. And what I'm here to tell you is that there is a renaissance of returning you to the basics of faith where you will understand you frame your own world with your mouth. In this season, oh God, the sower goes forth. The sower goes forth to sow. What does he sow? What are the seeds? The parable tells you that the seeds are words. The sower goes forth and he sows those seeds of the word. And then you reap the harvest of whatever you sowed. The Bible says this is the reason many are weak and sickly among you and many die. Why? Because they eat and drink unworthily, not discerning the body of the Lord. What does that mean? That means you come up in here to break the bread and drink the cup, 
sitting in the same pew with people that you criticized. You sowed seeds with your words. Those seeds went into the body. And then you come and consume the body that you cursed. It's quiet in here. I got to get through this now. Now faith is. Now. Say now. Faith is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You want another witness? You want another witness? Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. Actually, it says, have the faith of God. I don't know if I'm getting through with anybody. Have the faith of God. Faith... Filled words form your world, your financial world, your family world, your mental world, your emotional world, your relationship world, your... Are you with me? Have the faith of God. Well, what kind of faith is that? Romans 4.17 tells you. The God kind of faith calleth those things that be not as though they were. Some of you have created sickness in your body. It wasn't even there. You got a little pain in your chest and said your daddy died of hardening of the arteries and arterial Disease, and so you are too. You rush off. Are you here? My grandfather, he'd go in every night. He'd drink him big Alka Seltzer. You remember what Alka Seltzer? Nobody knows about Alka Seltzer anymore. He'd drink Alka Seltzer. My dad say, "Paul, why are you drinking Alka Seltzer? You got a headache or a stomachache?" He said, "No, I'm just drinking this in case I get one." <laughs> right? Don't laugh at him. That's the way you live all the time. You, you talk about worry and strife and, and you sow those seeds. The God kind of faith calls things that be not as though they are. What is it in your world that you need changed? Because in 2008, I'm just getting you ready for 8808. That's all. I'm just getting you ready for 8808. A weekend of infinite blessing. A weekend where you are not going to miss Friday night or Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or Saturday night or Sunday morning or Sunday night. Because if there was ever a time that God wanted to make a transition of supernatural implications in your life, it's that weekend. Okay. Now, are you in Romans chapter 9? Okay, I was going to read Romans chapter 9 and then I was going to preach a sermon. But Okay, so that first covenant, right? Remember the one you couldn't keep? Remember the Ten Commandments? Couldn't keep them? Had that blood of turtle doves and goats and all that stuff. Okay, keep that in mind while you read this now. 
Then truly the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary, for there was a tabernacle made. The first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. Are you with me? I'm in Hebrews 9. Oh, did I say Romans 9? <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to watch in the spirit. <laughs> and I'm in verse 5. And uh, had cherubims. Remember the tables of the covenant were there. And over the cherubims of glory. Shadowing the mercy seat. Of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained. The priest went always into the first tabernacle. Accomplishing the service of God. Verse 7, but into the second went the high priest alone. Now he's talking about that tabernacle. Once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. Look at me. Into the holy of holies, wherein dwelt the fiery presence of God. He said, during this time, there was no way in there while that first tabernacle was standing. The glory of God. The presence of God. I said the glory of God. The presence of God. I'm going to say it again. The glory of God. What is the glory of God? The manifested tangibility of God. Yes? We are the generation destined to experience the manifestation of the glory of God. No, you can't even go with me. You can't even. There was no way made for it under that first covenant because of sin. Because the blood of turtle doves and goats and bullocks and so forth could not purge and cleanse the heart of sin. So therefore, if sin came into the presence, the glory of the holiness of God, the absolute overwhelming holiness of God, he could not stand. Even in the holy place, they had to tie a rope around the priest's leg in case the sacrifice wasn't sufficient enough. He would fall dead even getting that close to the holy of holies and they would then drag him out with that rope. Okay, I'm on. okay, okay, are you with me? 
Are you with me? Say there's about to be a shift. There's about to be a transition. There's about to be a change. And we can't ever get back. Now, now if you have the right Bible, turn the page. Which, watch this, which was a figure for the time. For that season. Which was then present. In which. Alright I heard you Holy Ghost. Stick your finger in there. Turn back over to Hebrews. Okay then turn to chapter 11. I keep thinking I'm in Romans. I already know this. I can just take it home and live it myself. Watch this now. Let me find it. By faith, Noah was warned of God. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, over in verse 8. By faith, he sojourned in the land to promise in a strange company, country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. <laughs> he looked for a city with foundations who builder and maker with, was God through faith. Also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was, what, how old was she, Elder Canfield? 90? 90 years of age. Now, look, look up here at me. This was all under that other covenant. They got all that stuff with the blood of turtle doves. Oh, it gets better. Watch this. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. My God. How if we'd let it, the spirit of condemnation had come on every one of us right now. They could see it, and you can't. They could see it. I'm going to say it again. They could see it. If you can't see it, you'll never receive it. Faith is the substance of things not perceived with the senses. What am I talking about? You have to see it in the prophetic. Oh, God. I can't get into it. 8808. I'm going to get into the, the differences in the two realms of the prophetic. Some of you haven't even worked in, walked in the first one yet, but some of you are going to advance past the first one and operate in the second one. The first one is calling those things that be not as though they are. The second one is when you see things that are already there and then declare what is already there. One speaks to create, the other speaks to reveal. 
And I'm here to tell you where we are in the body of Christ right now, we're in the revealing of mysteries. We are in the time of the unveiling of what has been hanging there all the time. You remember when Elisha went out and he's out there in the tent with nobody but his servant and he's sleeping and the servant runs in. Oh my God, master, look at their tens of thousands arrayed against us. Their swords are glistening in the sun. They're going to surely kill us. And Elisha turned over and said, Lord, anoint his eyes with eye salve so that he can see. Elisha didn't stand there and say, I declare the hills to be full of the glory of God. No, no, no. It was already there. He was able to see what was already there. And an anointing came on him to take the veil off of it. And his servant went out and looked in the hills full of the chariots of the Lord and came back and told Elisha, go ahead and sleep, man of God. There are more of us than there are of them. And in the natural, there were only two of them standing there. God Almighty. God Almighty. Wonder what's hanging right above your head you hadn't seen yet. I can tell you part of it, hidden riches in secret. Now listen to this. Say the old covenant. Say the old covenant. Say I'm a believer. I'm not washed in the blood of turtle doves. I'm redeemed. I'm a redeemed man. I'm a redeemed woman. I'm redeemed by the blood of Christ. I'm going back to the beginning so I can get to my future. Watch this. Under that old covenant, look at this 13th verse. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. Somebody has to get convinced. How do you know if you're convinced? You're not moved by what your natural eye sees. Oh, God. You're not moved by what your natural ear hears. You're not moved by the circumstances around you. You refuse to be a thermometer responding to the world around you. You've learned to become a thermostat and set the atmosphere of your own world. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You've got that word laying on your lap. Look on over to 37 and I won't bore you with the reading of the whole thing. Verse 37. Say the old covenant. covenant. Here's what they did. Look look at verse 33. Well, you could start it up there at 31. Or you could start at 30. Or you could start at 29. (laughs) By faith they passed through the Red Sea. On the blood of turtle doves, man. Sometimes I just, honestly, 
Sometimes I just, I, sometimes I just get so thrilled with the word, I just have to throw it down on the floor and walk away from it. Hey, this thing's real to me. I want it to become real to you. Look what that said. That just said all they had was being obedient to kill some turtle doves and lay them on an altar and burn them. And because of that act of simple obedience, God parted the Red Sea and six million Jews walked through on dry ground. And by faith, you can't get rid of the sniffles. Why is it so quiet? Some of you must live terribly boring lives because you never live by faith. Faith is thrilling. Faith is thrilling. Faith is thrilling. When you stand and declare, I shall, and every devil in hell starts screaming, no, you shall not. And you take that Bible and walk around in your room and declare, I shall live and not die. Frame your world by the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Where's my Bible? I'm going to quit, I promise. I'm going to quit. I'm just trying to get you set up, that's all. Look, look at this. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea on dry ground, and their enemies drowned, and they never got up again. And oh, wait, your giants die, and they don't ever get up again. You never read about Goliath anymore. Why are you fighting the same Goliath over and over and over? If I'm going to fight, I want to see a new enemy. Let's see something new. I already dealt with you. You all just think I'm trite and quaint. The just shall live by faith. Look at this stuff. By faith, the walls of Jericho found, fell down. By faith, the harlot ran. God can use a hooker. And some of you ought to be thankful for that. Because you may have never taken any money, but we don't want to give you a real testimony. Do we? Does that nullify you operating in dominion and authority? Only if we're not under grace. <laughs> By faith, the hooker Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she'd received the spies with peace. What shall I say? I don't even, he said, you know, he, the Hebrew writer was just like a Pentecostal preacher. He just kept saying over and over, I don't even have time to talk about this. He said, I don't have time to talk about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah of David and of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith, say old covenant, say turtle doves, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness. Don't tell me you can't live right. Don't tell me you can't live above this world. Don't tell me you have to sin daily in word, thought, and deed. 
This Bible said in the first covenant, they were righteous. Hallelujah. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Through faith, they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises. If there's a promise in the word of God you hadn't received yet, shout, I want it. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight, flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Say turtle doves. How in the world are you satisfied just to come in and have an hour and a half service and sit in a padded pew and think about God every now and then? Ooh, I want to live by faith, don't you? I said I want to live by faith. I want to subdue kingdoms. I want to work righteousness. I want to stop the violence of the sword. I want to quench the, 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 the flames of fire. I want to see the dead raised to life again, including some of you. Hallelujah. Now go back a few pages in Hebrews. <laughs> right? Where were we? We were in nine. All right, we're, we're going through nine. Talking about that old tabernacle, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices, gifts and sacrifices, gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and different kinds of washings and fleshly ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. In other words, there was a time coming when all that would change forever. <laughs> Say glory. glory. Here it is. But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, entered in, shout the next word. Shout it again. How many times? How many times? When did the high priest under the old covenant have to go? Every year and several times during the year for other sins and transgressions. But one time a year he entered in into that holy place, not the holy of holies, but into the holy place. But now has Jesus come. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Watch this. Once into the holy place. Look up at me. Did he do it? Did Jesus go one time into the holy place? He that ascended was the same also that first descended into the lower parts of the earth and there led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Then he ascended, sat down at the right hand of the Father, in a seat of authority. Oh, blessed be his name forever. And oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
You talk about free at last. One time, entered into that holy place, sprinkled spotless blood onto the mercy seat. Watch this. And obtained for us eternal Eternal what? Now, all you thought that meant was that he made a new and living way that when you died, you could go to heaven. And that was the only eternalness that you had entered into. I'm about to show you, not tonight, because you can't even handle it tonight. That's why I need six services to so baptize you in a revelation of eternal redemption. What street do you live on? Rossi? What street do you live on? Morningstar. There's about to be a transition on Rossi Street where God desires to recreate a garden eastward in Eden in the realm of the Spirit where Marjo is in authority, authority, there to speak words like God spoke when he created the world, there to frame her own world. Blessed be the name of God. Jesus obtained, he obtained eternal redemption. I told you what redeem means. He obtained an eternal returning of your life to the original state. I'll try it over here. You see, you don't really believe me. It's like you, you think your cornflakes are just supposed to be as ordinary as everybody else's. You think your children are supposed to act like everybody else's. You think your business is tied to all of the economic indicators. I'm in the kingdom of God. I have made a determination to operate in the economy. Now, I'm not just talking about finances, but finances are part of it. To operate in the economy of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How do you operate there? You operate there by faith. Believing that the blood of Jesus obtained eternal redemption for you. Do you believe that? Well, I don't know if you can believe it or not yet because I, gotta, I just got to keep getting it in you and 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 keep getting it in you. You remember when God brought the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage? Do you remember that? You weren't there but you remember reading it in your Bible. Bill was there, but no. You, you remember reading that in your Bible? Yes, sir. How God brought them out with a strong right arm? Yes. How'd he bring them out? With silver and with gold. 
with silver and with gold. They were slaves. They were slaves. They had baked bricks for how many years? 400 years. 400 years they baked bricks. And God piled so much stuff on them that they couldn't even carry it out. And before they left, the Bible says God so moved upon them that there was not one feeble one among them. Nobody with an aching back or a crooked knee or a... He did that under the old covenant. Under the old covenant. Close your Bible and shout glory to God. For a new and better covenant. I said for a new and better covenant. One time, one time, one time Jesus entered into the holy place and obtained eternal redemption. Say it, eternal redemption. Say eternal redemption. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.